You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step by step how to meet and seduce beautiful women. Women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week long fling, or a long term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello and welcome to another How to Talk to Girls podcast episode. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back or hello and welcome if this is your first episode ever. I have another interview. Been on a roll with interviews lately. Been meeting some cool people and bringing some cool people in to do some, uh, to do some interviews. And it's been great. And this one is awesome because it's much different than a lot of the other episodes I've done with other interviewees. We go deep. We talk about some of your deeper wounded issues. So if you're listening to this, maybe that's something that you're dealing with. And of course, it affects not only your whole life, but your dating life specifically. It's all very related, especially when it comes to relationships, right? And when I say relationship, I don't mean boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage. I just mean the relationship, the connection with other human beings, that relationship. And that is affected when you have some deeper inner wounds. So I have Alana Pratt today, who's going to be helping us figure out how to heal those and how to get past some of those wounds and what to do when you have them. And we really go across the board here. We touch on a lot of different topics and I think it's going to be very helpful for you. Some cool practical stuff that you can take away that you can use and stuff that really helps me as well. You know, I love when I get to interview someone and I learn something. I think I say that almost every time I have someone on the podcast, but it's true. I have interesting people on and selfishly, I'm not just trying to help you, but I love learning from them too. We all get to learn together. And hopefully I ask good enough questions that guide it in a way that, that help you. So, so yeah, just a, a quick announcement, something I've been announcing lately. If you don't already know, I have coaching spots available for you. So if you're interested in coaching and you want to receive coaching from me, go to tripadvice.com slash coaching or just go to tripadvice.com. You'll see the live coaching tab right there. Trip is a two P's if you don't know already. I'm a dating coach for men. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, so you're wondering what kind of coaching is this, it's dating coaching. So if you're having any issues talking to girls, meeting girls, approach anxiety, scared to talk to women, you're having trouble getting dates, maybe you have a girl that you're pining after that you're trying to get, maybe you're in a relationship right now, I help with that. And I've been helping guys with that for the past, well, the time of this podcast, uh, 10 years. 10 years since my original podcast called Dudes Talking About Chicks, which unfortunately is not around anymore. That's why I started this one, but that's okay. So yeah, if you're interested in coaching, you get to apply. So you apply at tripadvice.com slash coaching. And I don't take everyone. I look through every single application though. I read every single one. And if you fill it out thoroughly and you are over 18, you might get a shot to get on the phone with me to then further see if you're a good fit for coaching. We talk on the phone and then I tell you about the programs if there is a fit between us because I only want to work with you if I know I can help you and I can't help everybody. So apply today and we can get you on a great start. Guys have been getting amazing results in coaching. They've been able to get over their approach anxiety, able to meet girls, make it consistent, get dates, get to have sex with the kinds of girls that they want. Really amazing stuff. So if you're interested, apply. For now, Here is my interview with Alana Pratt. I think you're going to enjoy it because she's a very, very smart woman. Here we go.
Hey, Alana, good talking to you today. Oh my God, it's so good to be on your show and yes. good to reconnect after we had that audition back in LA. Yeah. We were sparring in our <laughs> chemistry checkouts. <laughs> oh, you and me were going head to head there. It was it was great. We were really uh we really bring, I feel, a different point of view, but I think both very helpful. And that's why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. And and I just want to apologize because I think it's it took way too long to get you on the podcast. We met years ago and <laughs> And I knew you had a podcast, and for some reason, it's it's taken this long. But but just so you know, just so you know, yeah. I've been very picky lately, very picky on who mm-hmm. I interview on the podcast. In fact, most of my episodes these days are not interviews. Oh, so, really? Um, so I'm very excited to have you on. And it was well, I am flattered and blushing if you could see me right now. Thank oh, you. Oh, wonderful, perfect. <laughs> and that's how you make a girl blush. Thank you, everyone. Good night, <laughs> <laughs> Alana. You've been an intimacy expert for yeah. quite a long time. You've interviewed some interesting people, by the way. I can't believe you interviewed Alanis Morissette. How cool is that? Uh, well, it was an amazing interview. It was when Debbie Ford died. And Debbie Ford was one of her main teachers. And so we just had a good cry for an hour. It was very vulnerable and beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. I'm a big yeah. fan of hers. So just do me a favor and uh, email her and tell her to come on my podcast. <laughs> so I can talk about how much I love her song, Ironic. Right? I know. Yeah. So you've been doing uh, this for a while. How did you get into this? Tell the guys how you started all this and, and how you know what you know and what you know. Oh, well, okay. All in, all in a podcast. So I guess we could just say I, I was pretty fucked up, <laughs> which is really how I started out. Sure. Um, really insecure. And dad did his best, but was drunk and stoned. Mom did her best, but was codependent. So I didn't really have any good role models. So off I went into the world, totally an insecure people pleaser, trying to get love and went through two marriages. And of course, the only one in common was me. So it was time to start doing some work. And as I began to take different workshops and go to different retreats, people just kept telling me things they haven't told other people. They even started to tell me things they they hadn't even told themselves. Like this deep level of connection and contact and intimacy started happening with who I was, you know, in these workshops with. And then the leader said, Hey, you know, you're kind of good at this. Maybe you should be a coach. And here I was, you know, come laude graduate of Columbia University. And there's, you know, there's a certain path of, of vocation. And I'm like, a coach, like an entrepreneur, like what's that? But as I kept going and I put my shingle out. It's been 18 years now with clients like Lisa Gibbons when she was going through Dancing with the Stars, like this beautiful capacity to make somebody feel safe and seen and understood. And all the work that I do with my little Alana, my little insecure Alana inside my heart, that inner intimacy, that inner home that I've been able to cultivate, I can teach others so that they don't try to be three steps ahead, looking good, being right, trying to be safe. They can just be present. And I find that that's really the sexiest quality about people when it comes right down to it is they're just present. They don't need to control anything. They're okay with whatever shit hits the fan. They've got their own back. They're at peace in their skin. And that's how I came to call myself an intimacy expert and be chosen by the picky trip to be on his podcast. That's right. That's so, so privileged. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Wow. So you've been doing this for a very long time. Who comes to you? Is it mostly women or do you get men? What kind of clientele do you have? 
Well, it's been sort of a shift over time. And I really believe the universe is using my business as my spiritual practice. So in the beginning, it was women. When I had lost my sacred mojo, when I became a new mom and I started going through a custody battle, I got a lot of women so that I could help the part of me in them that needed healing. I don't know if this ever happens to you with your clients. Sometimes I'm only like 0.01% ahead of my client, but enough to help. (laughs) I seem to get these incredible lessons that I need to learn. You know, I I think a really good teacher is when you've walked it yourself and then you can teach another. Not like you're standing up on some podium like a know-it-all, but like, hey, I've been there in those trenches and I get it. And here's how I got through and then help them. So initially it was women and it had a lot to do with sacredness of our sexuality. It had a lot to do with body image because we can get into this if you'd like, but I used to be a showgirl in Japan, a topless dancer, and I was quite ashamed of it. I wouldn't tell anybody. As I began to quote unquote come out and really explore, why did I do that? Why did I love it? I was so free. My body was a divine temple. And you come back to the North America and there's so much shame and so much guilt and taboo around sexuality. So that was my first sort of group of clients. And then as I started to go through the custody battle, and I really experienced the shadow masculine, the cruelty of a closed heart with my ex-husband so mad and humiliated that I divorced him, that he just wanted to take me down and frankly had joy in it. It was very devastating to my heart. I really questioned God. I questioned, you know, are there any good men out there? And so who did the universe send? A bunch of male clients. I got interviewed by Eben Pagan or David D'Angelo for Double Your Dating. And all of a sudden, I had 70% male clients. And I really believe it was to help me believe in men again and to see how good they are and then be able to heal their hearts. And so that happened for a while. And then now I have about 60, 40 women. And it's really not so much about I work with men or I work with women. It's more about when a heart has been so demolished from heartbreak or betrayal, or you just don't know how to trust again. And you really crave that deep, soulful, yummy, intimate, hot, vulnerable relationship and you're not having it. And instead, you're attracting emotionally unavailable people. Those are the flavor of men and women that I attract now and that are beautiful clients. And we have a great group coaching community and we go on retreats and we're really like a a soul tribe. It's extraordinary. I'm so blessed. Wow. That is so cool. That's amazing. And that's great that you were interviewed by David D'Angelo. I did not know that. That's fantastic too. Wow, Thank you. Learning so much. What do you think is the number one question that men are asking you when they come to you? you know, what, what's their number one struggle you think? Mm. They don't know how to be present. They, they get the concept, but the being present isn't a concept. It's a beingness. And so they don't know how to just be okay with the unknown. They just don't know how to sit in the fire and go, well, she could reject me. What do I do? I go, well, that's often a future that you've created in your mind. Like, just be here now. So, this whole idea of how do I be centered, present, this noble, I call it a noble badass. <laughs> um, like, how do I, how do I be that is what they come with? Cause they want to be able to be that in the bedroom. They want to be able to be that when they just meet somebody out and about. They want to be that on a date. They want to be that when shit hits the fan and she starts to cry. Like, oh, fuck, what do I do when she cries? What do I do when she gets angry? Like, all these moments, how do I just stay present? What do you do when she cries? You tell her to stop it. No. You make a joke. No, don't, don't do that either. You want to know the truth. Yeah, what's um, the truth? The truth is one time when I, I lost many a court battle over 12 years. 
And one day I came home and it was a horrible day and I'd lost. And I had a group call with my men's group. There was about five or six guys on the call. And normally it's Alana and she's inspiring and she has it together and she helps it. Nope, not that day. I was a mess. And so we actually did the whole coaching call on how to be with me crying my face off. It was extraordinary. So I went through one guy at a time and I encouraged them to support me and I taught them what worked and what didn't work. So a couple of them were very uncomfortable that I was crying and they wanted to fix it. And so they would laugh or make a joke or tell me it was going to be fine, which of course made it way worse. They hadn't yet learned how to just go, got it. I'm right here. Tell me more. Some of them wanted to coddle me and maybe give me a hug and pat me on the back. And and I said, no, don't you fucking touch me. If I'm like losing it, just be by my side. Maybe put your hand on my, my thigh, maybe put it on my shoulder, but don't like give me space to let this really intense emotion come through me. So we had this amazing way of like, all you need to do is just listen. Just tell me, I hear you. Don't tell me necessarily you understand because you don't. You haven't been a woman in a court battle who's having her son taken away from her, but you can get it. You can appreciate it. Like all these nuances to really teach them that a woman is completely capable of getting through something. But what she's not able to do is like sort of have you be the banks of the river so she can relax, so she can feel safe, so she can feel seen and understood, not fixed. Just hold me, not even physically, just energetically. So it was such an incredible teaching experience. And I was so grateful. My, they became my heroes. And the depth of our coaching relationship was so just took this plunge into this level of vulnerability, which of course is what's possible in relationship with your beloved, with your girlfriend, with a friend for God's sake, when you can just be there and not fix somebody and see them not as broken, but they're just experiencing something about being a human. There's nothing wrong with sad. There's nothing wrong with mad. Like Just that very first thing is don't judge it as something that needs to be changed. It's just as beautiful, albeit a lot more intense than an orgasm, let's say, like anger or sadness, like there's, it's all just intense emotion. And we tend to judge one as better than the other. What if they weren't? What if they were just all flavors of being a human? That's so cool. What I really liked about what you said there is don't sit there and say, hey, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Don't, don't cry, don't cry. Don't do that. Let, yeah, don't them, do that. let them feel the emotion. And then what was really powerful is what you said for a guy just to sit there while she's having these emotions and saying to her, hey, I'm right here. Yeah. That's cool. And then wow. tell me more. How many, how, many, how many people are doing that? That is not a natural reaction. Well, I don't know how you were raised and I can't wait to have you on my podcast so I can learn more about your path and journey. But I was not raised with somebody that could be with my emotions. Shit, my dad would like drink and get stoned. My mom would check out and be codependent. There was no models of like, oh, Alana, you're sad. Tell me more. I'm right here. Nobody did that to me. I had to learn to do that to myself. And then once I learned how to do it to myself, rather than stuff away my own emotions and just be fake and look like I had it together, I just started to have these moments in the bathtub, shot of tequila. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> but I would be with myself and I go, a little Alana, tell me more. And what I discovered. When I could just be with myself, not resist myself. I mean, everybody says like, what you resist persists. But like, what the fuck does that really mean? It means when an emotion arises, can you just go, hi, tell me more. Hi, I love and accept you. Hi, you have every right to feel this. 
hi, I got your back. And I will sit with you for as long as it takes for you to feel better, even if that takes forever. Fuck, when you say that to this wounded part of you, it's like, (gasps) you mean you unconditionally love me? You don't just love me conditionally until I shut the fuck up and put a happy face on? Oh my God. The, the communion inside of your heart and soul like completely shifts when you're willing to be with yourself for eternity, even if you never change. It's like a transformation happens. And then you can be that with your woman. Talk about her being devoted to you. That's how you really allow that devotion to emerge is when, when a man can see our most disgusting, most terrified most wobbly, hot mess self, and you don't fix it. You don't go anywhere. And you just love us, even in our snot running down our face or whatever. Wow. Powerful. Totally. I was talking about this on on a recent podcast that the most important relationship that you'll ever have till you die is the one with yourself. Right. And I don't think enough people are really talking about that. Mm. I don't know why, but I've learned over the course of many years that it is one of the most important things to be learning about, to be thinking about, is because everything starts with you. We don't look at us as a relationship. You 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 don't think of you and yourself as a relationship. It's just not very intuitive. You know, you think of you as you and this is how you are. But once you think of yourself, in a relationship with yourself. Yeah. I, think, I think that mindset gives you the opportunity to do really deep healing work, which is yeah. what you're saying right now, all these different conversations that you have with yourself, you being there for you instead of what do most people do. Well, they, they don't know they have that relationship with themselves. They don't know they can speak to themselves like that. So they go to outside things, right? Yeah. They go yeah. on social media to avoid the pain. They do drugs. They drink alcohol. Maybe they, I don't know, hire a prostitute, they gamble, they have addictions, they do yeah. all these other things to feel happy, which will absolutely work for them in the temporary moment, but it will just continue to come back. Whatever that pain is that you're trying to heal from, past trauma, childhood wounds, yep. breakups, whatever it is. So It'll think- get worse, actually. It'll come back and get worse because what you resist persists and grows. Yeah, you're totally right. I had no idea that there was a, a little Alana on the inside. All I knew is if I was three steps ahead of everybody, I could be safe, get what I want, look good, and make this feeling inside of me like calm down. And the feeling inside was like terror, spinning, fast, not grounded, not home, just afraid. I was just afraid all the time. And I didn't know how to fix it. And then people started to... I started to do these like... They're called like in illumination intensives. They're very, very like five-day long meditation retreats. Torture. But but all of a sudden, I had my very first direct experience, which is when all the content of my mind, all the the spinning and the questioning and the doubting and everything was gone. It was dumped out over like three, four, five days. And all was left was, you can go inside. I had no clue inside existed. And then when I had communion with inside, it was like I had little... It was like little Russian dolls. It was like little Alana was home and held. And then this universe thing... God, divine thing, this energy that I'd never experienced before was holding me. And it was like this three little dolls all together in this moment of oneness called a direct experience. I'm never going to be the same again. 
it was like, you know, when they say people have near death experiences and they see the light and they're like, why would I come back? It's so much nicer out there. <laughs> like, why come back to this hellhole of a planet? This wave of home. And I'm like, oh, that's who I am? No shit, really? And ever since touching that place and having touched it many times since and taking my clients home to this place, this is our birthright. So many of us walk around not even knowing who the hell we are. And it's not like a thought. It's a real embodiment of the entire universe. And and I'm a nerd. I interview quantum physicists. I want to understand the science of what I experienced. The entire universe is literally a feedback loop checking in with us 1 million times a second to our frequency and vibration. It's checking in, going back out, checking in, going back out. We literally... And of course, we can't prove this, but science and equations can prove this with, with physics. But like we literally disappear and reappear a million times a second based on our vibration, our resonance, our frequency. And there's a, the, the universe is conscious. It's checking in on how you're doing, which is why your thoughts fucking matter in terms of what you're creating with your relationships, with yourself and with others. And so as this energy is checking back in, we're in charge. We can't control people. We can't control the world, but we can control our thoughts, our feelings, our vibrations, and our relationship with surrender, with openness, with letting go of control, with risking, with stepping into our truth, all of that we're in control of. And so once I discovered this, and created a way to explain it and a system and a, a like a curriculum and all the rest of it it's repeatable we can all come home we just have to be willing to stop clamoring on the outside noticing it as you said so eloquently it's just a quick fix but it's an addiction and if it's an addiction you're not in charge you're a sitting duck you can be used and manipulated which is why so many people get hurt and are prey to narcissists and ghosters and cleaning out your bank account and leaving you for another person and all the stuff that goes on. That is a reflection of our lack of union, communion, honor, respect, home with ourself. As soon as we start having this connection inside, our intuition spikes, our instincts spot on. We have this uh-huh, uh-uh, this knowing that we never had access to before that protects us and guides us away from the assholes (laughs) and towards the people that are kind. Why? Because we've taken the time to be kind to ourselves. And we don't do that too often, do we? Oh, no. No, we're too busy. And I mean, in all honesty, like that's hard when you've got kids and a job and all the rest of it. Like, When the the hell are you going to have these direct experiences? You actually have to create them. You have to like hire a coach. You have to like go to a workshop. You have to create like a spiritual kind of community and hang out. It's a commitment. But so is going to the gym. So is a commitment to grow your finances. So is a commitment to grow your biceps. All of these are commitments. So you just have to choose after enough heartache, after enough you know, being alone, after enough nights waking up at 3 a.m. afraid you're going to die alone, go, okay, I matter that much that I'm willing to do this deep inner work. But the cool thing is when you have this relationship with yourself, all other areas of your life improve exponentially, effortlessly without even trying. Because who you be in every area of your life is more authentic, more empowered, more knowing. And so, oh my God, I was working on myself, but I got a raise. Oh my God, I was working on myself, but I met a great girl. Oh my God, I was working on myself, but I lost 10 pounds I didn't even try. Oh my God, I'm having such better conversations with my parents. Like All of that happens when you're not trying to control things anymore and you're just home. 
What have you seen guys try to control in their lives? In the way that you're speaking. They don't want to be rejected. So they're trying to control the outcome of a date. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. Yeah. And maybe they try to control that by not even showing up on the date, not even asking for the date. (laughs) That's a really good way to control it. I'm not even going to try. They don't know how to control them, their own inner sense of rejection. Like I was literally just working with my group last night and two people had had a tiff. We, I take people on retreats every six months. We were in Sedona and they never told me about it in Sedona. And it had been so like almost two months now, this has been growing unbeknownst to me. This passive aggressive bully bullshitty thing that went down between a man and a woman, not in relationship, just in my group. And so we started to talk about, tell me something you want me to understand. And the way I ask them to speak to each other is not, you did cha-cha-cha, is I feel such and such when such and such happens, but no direct attacks. Because when you attack somebody, all they can do is get defensive or justify. You're not going to get anywhere. So it's I feel and getting underneath the righteousness on the top to the wounds underneath. And the gentleman, it was just a very innocent thing that happened. He had bought all the ladies these bath salts, Himalayan bath salts as a gift. Part of it was his authentic generosity and part of it is he wanted the attention and the affection. And he could own that. He could own that. That's fine. So the part of him that was just being generous, that doesn't get triggered because that's just love in action. But the part of him that was attached to the result of wanting affection and attention from the girls because he bought the gift, this is what got triggered. And a woman was just unbeknownst. She didn't didn't even know he bought these presents. She started saying, you know, Himalayan bath salts are bullshit. A lot of the ones that Costco or just bullshit. You really got to go to the, the dealers to get the real salts and everything. And he took it so personally. Oh my God. What if all the women don't like the salts now that she said this? What if I don't get the attention and the appreciation I was looking for? And he got massively triggered, didn't say anything about it, and just started being passive aggressive and like starting to take digs at her for the rest of the retreat. And she was just like, what the fuck? What, why is he being so mean to me? And her MO is being a little too masculine. So instead of going, hmm, why are you being... I'm just noticing you're being a little different than normal. Um, it's, I don't feel the connection we normally have. Is there anything you want to let me know? Like That's how I'm coaching her to talk with him in those moments when she didn't do that. When he got passive aggressive, she got super bitchy. And the two of them have been like fighting for the past month and a half. So I said, okay, what if in that moment, each of your little yous got triggered? And instead of attacking outward which is the same thing as going outward to try to control something so I can be safe. What if instead you went inward? What if you instead grabbed little you, gave him a big old fucking hug and said, you know what? If everybody hates the bath salts, we're still enough. I still love and accept you. It's unfortunate. It's not what we prefer, but we're okay. And what if she said to her little you, okay, he's getting a little gruff. That sure reminds you of dad and grandpa and everything growing up, but this is a new moment, a fresh moment. This is your friend. I got you. You're safe. I got your back. Why don't you reach out and ask him if something's wrong? Why don't you reach out with your soft front of your body, with your open heart, with friendship? Right? So these are the differences in a moment of misunderstanding that happens to everyone all the time because we're human and we're not perfect. This is this moment. Do we reach out to kill or to get attention or whatever we're doing outside? Or can we just go inside, take a fucking breath, grab our little one, Maybe go to the bathroom, maybe go for a walk. Maybe you can't do it instantly, but like take a, take a breather, come back and go, hey, and, and put down your walls, put down your spears and just remember they're your friend or your lover or 
such. I like that. I like that too. I want to add to that is something I kind of figured out. And this is more for people who are in relationships, but I think this could be for friendships too. But again, a little bit more for relationships is when you're having a really difficult conversation with somebody, you know, maybe you want to bring up something that's tough. Yeah. Is to remind them in that moment, because what happens in fights? In fights, well, what is a fight? It's a versus, right? It's you versus someone else. That's what yes. every that's what a fight is. That's like the definition of a fight. Something versus someone else. But what if we can look at difficult conversations? What if we can look at fights more as teamwork instead of me versus you? And to remind the person in that moment, hey, listen, right now, this is not me versus you. I want to talk to you about this and work together as a team. Like, what yes. if you could say that in That's the conversation awesome. that you're having? That is awesome. That is so fucking awesome. This is great. I'm in total alignment with you, Trip. here. When I did this conversation between these two people on the group call last night, there's three questions we ask before we actually start talking about it. The first one is, tell me something you like about me. Now, when you're having a quote-unquote fight, you're totally right. People are on opposite teams and their hearts are closed. Communication can't happen through a closed heart. Impossible. So when you go back and forth two or three times, tell me something you like about me, it starts to soften and open the front of your body and open your heart. And all the other person gets to say is, thank you. They don't get to have a rebuttal or an agreement or a disagreement. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's about understanding the other. And the second question is exactly what you just spoke of. Tell me something you think we align on. And you do this question back and forth three times. So you remember and you affirm and you communicate. Yes, we are on the same team. We do have similar beliefs and value systems and we are in this together. And then the third question is, tell me something you want me to understand. And it's not something, tell me something something I want to be right about or I want to dominate you with or I just want you to understand. And when somebody feels understood, you know, they relax. So I'm in total agreement. And this process... Called a dyad. It's in my fourth book, fifth chapter, Rituals of Intimacy. It's a little bit structured, but it's a great way to build deep, safe intimacy with your beloved. Cool. And you know what? What? I'll take it even a step further. Why do not it. even do that with yourself? Oh, well, duh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because even though my book is called Seven Steps to Manifest Your Beloved while staying true to yourself, the beloved, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is yourself. <laughs> I don't say that, of course, in the title or subtitle, but right there in the first chapter. Guess what, people? We're going to be going in to have a relationship with self. I love yeah. that. I want to rewind just a second because I'm very intrigued by that meditation retreat that you did. Oh, yeah. I imagine maybe some of the guys listening could benefit from something like that. So when did you do that? Just give a little synopsis. Like, when did you do that? Where was it? How much did it cost? You oh, know, yeah. There's just some details about that. I don't know if they do. I did it 15 years ago. I did it like three times 15 years ago, 15, 14 years ago. Well, I know so, they do meditation retreats, like silent retreats that go... Oh, Vipassanas and stuff. Like I'm sure those yeah. are awesome. I've never been to those. But the company... And I've, I've returned to start coaching with them again. And I'm learning even higher level quantum psychology processes. So the company's Warrior Sage. And they don't do these illumination intensives anymore. They have literally upgraded the technology into what's called Kensho. And it's a, another d- way to have a direct experience with yourself at way less. And I can connect people. I don't personally lead them, but some of my colleagues and other trainers do. And I live in San Diego right now. So there's one, I think in the beginning of March in San Diego, it's like a day or something. You can get it done so much faster. And what the reason what we've learned is that the brain registers information, an experience, a trauma, especially with an image, 
a thought, an emotion, and a body sensation. All four domains have emotional energetic charge. Now, the reason why, in my opinion, therapy is maybe helpful, supportive, maybe relief, but not transformation is because you just basically talk about it. You just have like the words, the thoughts. You don't go deeply into duplicating the emotion and the image and the body sensation. And then if you do just like say somatic work, which is awesome and I love it and I do a lot of that kind of work, that's just mainly emotions and body sensations. You aren't speaking. There aren't the thoughts and the images that are necessarily coming up. So the processes that I've been learning with this company, Warrior Sage, are called Accelerated Evolution Processes. And I'm going through a year training and I'm, I'm now certified. And I'm learning with these quantum psychology processes how all four elements, when brought into a healing process, can literally flatten, like gone, the emotional charge of a really fucking horrible trauma. And when people are free of that, this ability to be present with yourself is so much easier. You don't have to muck through all of this emotional in order to find little you. It's just like an open path home. So yeah, it's very powerful work. Wow. And so you use this work to help clients, yes? Totally. Yeah. Like I've been at this for 18 years now as a coach and I'm always upping my level of coaching skills. And I just got in the last year certified as with these accelerated evolution processes and another process called equilibration so that my skill set's getting even better. And it's kind of funny because like it used to, I mean, I'm amazing as a coach, but it used to take me two, three sessions to like flatten something. Now it's like 20 minutes. I'm like, what the, what are we going to talk about now? (laughs) How about them Dodgers? Like, I'm like, wow, we're done. That was amazing. But the cool thing is now we get to have more about creation. My practice used to be so much more about just the healing and getting them home. And then they were sort of done. But now I can heal them and get them home so fast that it's like, what do you choose to create? Because not only can we heal a trauma on these four levels, we can actually create beingness, frequency, as I was saying before, resonance. That actually has to be registered on all four levels, four elements as well for the 1 million times a second field. Quantum physicists call it the field, not God or the universe. The field is checking in on your resonance. Why don't you create confidence, certainty, being in your certain relationship, having certain kind of sexual connection, having a certain bank account, having a certain impact on the world. Like All of that is also an image, a thought, an emotion, and a body sensation. And so these practices work to flatten emotional triggers and heal traumas. And they work to create states of being that the field, it feels like magic. Like even just running into you at the audition, I didn't apply for the job. I don't think you did either. I think we just got called. Like that's sort of like the magic that begins to happen when you're just being you and living your purpose and the universe wants to use you for the greatest good of humanity. You're available. Your frequency is willing to have that and be that. And so if you choose the kind of relationship, the kind of posture, the kind of way you interact with women and the kind of purpose you have and the success you have in your endeavors, that can all be created on the inside first, holographically projected onto the universe second. And then Matt, you still have to put one foot in front of the other. You still have to fucking show up every day. You don't don't get out of that. And you have to practice being unattached and letting go of importance. You have to practice that. But the universe is now on your side. You're now in partnership with yourself and with the universe. And life gets a lot easier. That is some deep stuff. I love it. I am sorry. I'm kind of a nerd. I know. Are you kidding? This is this is amazing. This is so interesting. And I'm sure that the guys who are still listening 
agree because they're still here and they're hearing <laughs> these words coming out of my mouth right now. It, really cool. And I think that if there's any guys listening who are really resonating with you, they'd probably want to work with you and see if they can try to heal some of their inner wounds or past traumas so they can feel better about life and the connection they have with, as you call the universe. So if they want to do that, how can they reach out to you? Oh, that's so kind. Thank you. Yeah. If you go to alanapratt.com, and my name is spelled A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com right now, it's going to say, are you a noble badass or a sexy sacred sister or something like that? And so you click the, I'm a noble badass. And then it takes you to my men's site, get her to say yes. And there's a way for you to register for a $97 discounted strategy session with me to see if you are a fit for us to work together. In addition, there's how to be a noble badass, a complimentary training. So you can dive right into that to double check that indeed we're a fit. It's an amazing training. Uh, There's lots of fun YouTube videos. There's podcasts with guests like The Amazing Trip. Lots of ways for me to support people. Awesome. Well, I highly endorse working with you. So anyone still listening, check that out, alanapratt.com. I will put that in the show notes so people can easily go there. Thank Thank you you for being here today and Mm. sharing some of this. I think that we scratched the surface. I think there's way more to talk about. So it'd be cool to have you on in the future where we can go even deeper, which I can't believe we we could, but I know we can because we went pretty deep today. We can and we can go into how all of this applies to your sexuality and your magnetism and all sorts of hot stuff. So yeah, thank you. And your questions were so amazing, Trip. You're a great host and I look forward to more conversations. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. 